2: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abair, Steve Geller will join us at 540 for our triple option feature. Bob, still ramifications off of what happened Sunday in the Saints' loss to uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, what came up late in the injury report last week was a groin injury to Blake Groupie. And now Saints bringing in the veteran in Mason Crosby for a workout. Uh, kind of an insurance policy in case. Well, he's that, a veteran. Yeah, yeah.
3: He's made a bunch of kicks. And so, that, that what I mean, I think like, okay, if you kick or can't kick, you can't kick and he's hurt uh, that you go with a veteran versus another young guy because you need some kind of stability there. Mike, you know what I'm more concerned with? Okay, we wasn't necessarily clicking on all cylinders. I'm uh, making joke of that. Uh, <laughs> I should say I'm making light of that, but our top three receivers—I I don't know—they might not. I, I don't think they're playing against I don't Detroit. Think any of them will play. Of all teams, you know, you need all hands on that going against the Lions. So Michael Thomas, you know, is on IR. Chris Olave is dealing with a concussion. Rashid Shahi, we thought it was a hamstring. It looks like it's a quad muscle. He tried to fight through it, and that happened
2: early in the game
3: too. Yeah, I think it was like latter part of the first quarter. Or yeah. So we are going with Lynn Bowden Jr. A.T. Perry and Keith Kirkwood, and whoever may be available in the practice
2: court. The only thing I do know, you watch the Packers, man, they attacked their secondary. They went after them pretty good, uh, throwing the football. Uh, can the Saints take advantage of it? We've seen it all year. They haven't been able to do that to, well, to get scores. Well, uh, they move it 20-20, to 20, but then after that, it comes to well, a slam. Uh,
3: have our tight ends uh, truly made a difference to not give Jimmy Graham a chance? I don't know. Oh, Jimmy uh, got to get his shot. Jawan Johnson, Foster Morrow and all. I mean, it's not like, uh, okay, no, the, the tight we're not worried about the tight ends. No, it's not. The, on the goal line, I know it was a low pass. And Jawan Johnson, maybe I made a great catch. You remember the one right on the goal yeah. line he dropped? I know it was low right there about his knees. But I'm not saying Jimmy Graham would catch it, but it's like almost like, why not let this season veteran have a chance?
2: Now, I don't know. I think he gets his chance this week. He's got really no choice.
3: I I don't know if Derek Carr – I I said I don't know. I say I I know he doesn't know Uh, because wherever Jimmy Graham has been, no one has been able to utilize Jimmy Graham like Drew Brees. Not even Russell Wilson, wherever, Mike. You know how throw him open and all that? It was magic. It was truly magic uh, what they did where Jimmy Graham all of a sudden is the best tight end in the whole league. Jimmy Graham, Mike, and that three – for sure, three, if not four year run. Now, you might say, hey, Bear, that's a decade ago, but he still accomplished that. That's right. Mike, he was like Kelsey before Kelsey. I'm talking about production. You know, when you look at how uh, Pat Mahomes relies on, on, on Kelsey, and you look how uh, Brock Purdy relies on uh, uh, Kittle, Kittle being into the mix. You, you know, right now, who I'm a little concerned, and he said he might come back uh, with the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson, the tight end.
2: Yeah, Mark Andrews.
3: Uh, uh, oh, Mike, oh. Uh, I tell you, that's in the best interest for Mark Andrews to come back with Lamar Jackson. They the would
2: have to advance deep into the playoffs for him, but right. it's still possible. But, 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 but you know what I'm it's still saying? Possible. All of
3: a sudden, if he could be available, because uh, how Lamar has trusted him.
2: Bob, and listening to Dan Campbell today in his press conference. You know, he brought up about, you know, hey, listen, we got to go back to Lion football, but we can't put the football on the ground. They're minus five in the giveaway-takeaway ratio. They've turned the football over seven times the last two games. Man, that's a lot of turnover. And for the Saints to have any shot, and I'm not picking them. I mean, the Lions, to me, are a much better team. But what kind of evens things up? Turning the football over, and Dan was not a happy camper about the fact of fumbles, pass interceptions. And if well, you watch old school, he turned over Mars. You got to win that. Okay, golf put the ball on the ground what three times against uh, Green Bay?
3: Yeah, uh, Mike, he was playing as good as it gets, and then not so much uh, turning over the ball. Uh, they were lucky to beat the Bears, so it did, they were very fortunate. It, it, it didn't. That was a great comeback by Dan, but it did It didn't just so happen on Thanksgiving uh, morning. You know, that that early game against the Packers.
2: The week before.
3: But, but yeah, it started kind of the week before. And, Mike, uh, that's a a way the Saints could have a chance. uh, Where all of a sudden, you know – the Saints boy, they're, they're, boy I don't know if they were lucky whatever we finished plus 2 and that's how the Saints won no uh, and Dan Campbell's going to be stressing that he
2: was that, not happy about them turning the football and, over and, Charlie I think you have a, a stat that you want
0: to Yeah guys so this was actually something you Mike you and I were looking at earlier Detroit is minus 5 in turnover differential and they're actually tied for eighth worst in the NFL and get this guys they're tied with the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs okay. so three of the elite teams in the NFL that all have you know eight or more wins have a minus 5 turnover differential okay. Oh, hey, that guy shows that. you
2: how good they are. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> on Jeopardy, not many people would have got that No, one, not at all. Uh, on football Jeopardy to get it. But it goes to show they've been able to overcome the turnovers because they're so explosive when they get in the red zone. Guess what they do? Score they score touchdowns. That's something this team hasn't been able to do. Well, Mike, and I'm looking
3: at um, uh, Detroit opened up a three-point favorite. Now they're a four-and-a-half-point favorite uh, at New Orleans against the Saints. you think that's about right? That uh, would you take the Saints? Well, the would you take the Saints in the four and a half points? I would. No
2: way in the world. Now, now, if they would like opened that. that three, pick went six to preview. three and a half, went to four, and it's the preview of pick six, and I don't think any of us are going to pick the well, the Saints in the no, points. no, uh, no. Uh, before the season started, when I saw that schedule, I put a big L on that game. Well, the
3: thing uh, that would have to jump. Mm, I started looking at six and a half, maybe seven, seven and a half. Because uh, when of the Saints in theory, that's when you know you're not training in the right direction. If you'd be like a touchdown underdog at home, Mike, uh, th- that's not good. Now it's only four and a half uh, right now, but who knows how it's going to be? What it's going to be uh, at the end of the week? But 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 I still think I, I think um, that that the, the the Lions could win convincingly, Mike and um, and the Saints maybe still could cover if it would be like a seven-and-a-half type thing. Does that make sense? It
2: does, no. but would you take them at seven no. or seven-and-a-half?
3: I'd, I'd be thinking about it because I, I don't think you they're
2: going to win. You better just keep thinking. No, no th-
3: <laughs> the thing is I don't think they're going to win straight up. No, because, but, um,
2: okay, Bob, they haven't been able to score when they got everybody healthy. Now look, like the receiving corps completely wiped out, but it's the most craziest thing well, that, that, that can happen. To go up. It's man. almost like a Saints thing to happen uh, just when you finally had been pushed away. You know, you you end up with one of the big upsets. You know, again, we how many times we okay, it's not going to happen, and then it happens, and we see it on the other okay, side. Okay, why didn't
3: Joshua Dobbs play against us like he played against Man, the Bears? And he sucked last night. The Bears won. They kicked four field. I mean, but uh, they kicked four field. Four goals?
2: field goals.
3: I mean, uh, I, I, the NFLs are crazy. I mean, uh, watch. All of a sudden, we all ticked off at the Saints, and they don't have no strength. Let's say you'd all of a sudden. Because how the ball bounced, like we were a plus two or something, and we beat the Lions. The next two games, all of a sudden, look who we playing. The Panthers and the Giants, they're terrible. But I don't know, it's like we always say, when you think they're going to win, they let you down. Then when you say, oh, they have no chance, eh, then they shock the world.
2: We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870 right after this break.
4: Why? Why?
2: If you have
5: T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for
6: down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details
0: old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex Oh, <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here
1: your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived
0: Now, get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details.
2: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abier. Bob, we got a text right. Uh, I think it's 0817. Don't no, have my glasses on, but was Dennis Allen really quoted saying the Saints' offense is explosive?
3: Is or was explosive against Atlanta. What he means by that, and a lot of fans don't want to hear this. Oh, well, we gained uh, over 400 yards of total offense. Uh, You know, Atlanta had 25 first downs. We had 22. Uh, They had right at 400 yards. We had 444. But unless you get the ball in the end zone, uh, that doesn't matter. That's almost like if you look like the stat line and a team's way behind. And then the quarterback, uh, because he's driving down the field, but they're losing by double digits or, uh, you know, 17 points, three touchdowns, and they check it down, and the Divas just playing the percentages that they can't catch up. So all of a sudden, oh, he had a pretty good game. When all said and done, you just look at the numbers. That, that's why you have to look at the game in Holland and Foles uh, because Derek Carr, he was uh, 24, 38, 304 yards. And uh, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, He had a quarterback rating of 77. That was an ugly game. That was an ugly game. So I think that's what Dennis Allen, uh, when he's saying, you know, he's tending to exaggerate the glass half full by saying this offense is explosive. And I think it's, it, it, the only thing I can figure out is just based on the yardage that they were able to gain. Because this it, isn't
2: an explosive offense. Yeah. Oh, oh, come no, on. no, no, no. The, mean, one, I, game, really the one
3: game, to be fair. Uh, the Patriots? No, I, I'd, say, uh, I'd say even more than the Patriots, uh, the Colts. The Colts, the game to me, when they were – now, the, the Patriots game was a shutout. But the Colts game to me was uh, where they were really explosive offensively. But guess what? How many games we've played now? 11.
2: So you got two?
3: Okay, so wait, so wait. So I don't even know the Patriots, Mike. What I'm saying is that if you look at 17-game schedule, you got to have like five or six games that are very Colts-like. What we did against the Colts. It was like now because how we structured, you know, the Dolphins are explosive every week and they score points. I'm talking about the way the Saints supposedly structured – where we supposed to have a dominant defense or a top ten defense? Now we're not training in the right direction in, 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 in that regard with our defense. But I'm saying offensively, no. The one game when they can make the highlight reel for the season in uh, the offense, you know, they're going to show that Colts game because the Colts game, no, we were highly efficient. But again, you can't do that uh, every now and then. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a defensive team. You have to do that at least five or six times in a 17-game uh, schedule.
2: And think about the Colts. They peeled off three straight wins now. They're back in the playoff hunt in the AFC. Ah, Buzzard, luck! Jonathan Taylor goes down. Now he's going to be out two to three weeks with a thumb injury.
3: Uh, well, th- that's not good for them because you, you know what they want to do. No, Mike, but th- that was – you know, uh, the, the Patriots are terrible. Uh, look at the Patriots. They're about there with Carolina uh, right now. Uh, now the Bears have played better as of late. But, but you just look at, uh, like, the Patriots. I always thought the Colts uh, win was more convincing to me how we played and being optimistic than the Patriots game, even though we shut them out. The Patriots are terrible.
2: Only thing is, man. Listen, you got to give Uncle Rico a little bit of credit there. Yes, yes, and he's yes. he's bailed them out. He's yeah. not the guy, and he knew it because the owner told you we're going with Anthony Richardson. Then Anthony found out the NFL man they hit you real hard. Yeah, you, uh, you better get down and you slide better a little get, more. Yeah. yeah, you better hit out of bounds, or you better do a baseball slide before you get hit. We're gonna go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. Go to Elwin. Elwin, you in the huddle with Bobby and Mike? Hey, man, let me tell you like this. I'm gonna be frank and honest with you, Bobby. Okay. You wanna
3: hear you wanna hear the truth. Tell me the truth. Derek Derek Carr can't throw the ball through a window for a burglar to get in. Okay? It ain't that bad. The Saints, Come on, made, a,
2: the Saints made a <laughs> mistake. The Saints made a mistake picking Derek Carr. I think Dennis Allen knows it now.
7: I think the whole team knows it. And I'm gonna tell you this.
3: I don't think the team wants to play with Derek Carr. So, so, Alvin, so. So do you think, because uh, when you're talking to Charlie, do you think that Derek Carr is kind of a glorified Steve Walsh? You know, if you're going truly old yes. school? Yes. I think he's something like a Steve Walsh. Now, he's an NFL I quarterback, he but he's not worth no um, $140, yeah. 150000000 And the fact that oh, you no. are going to owe him
2: $35.5 million no. dollars next hey, year. Hey, listen, Elwyn, no, El, El, El,
3: El, 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 no. Elwyn, would you agree with this? I don't think uh, Derek Carr is that much better than Andy Dalton. Uh, well, you you might say, say, I don't way. agree with that. You say, oh, Bobby, you're crazy. No, I, I, I uh, think. Now, now what were you paying Andy Dalton? That was a bargain. Now, if we were pairing Derek Carr, that that would be a bargain at this day and age. You, you just look at like, Andy Dalton, and uh, when you look at Jameis Winston, when they getting paid compared to Derek Carr, what does Derek Carr accomplish over Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton in his career to warrant getting paid 140 150000000 I don't think he's done. What? Nothing. No, no, that, right? Come that, on.
2: That's a no answer on Jeopardy.
3: Right. Uh, I mean, mean, uh, you can't blame it all on the Raiders. I mean, not, you know, right place, right time, and all that. But uh, hey, listen, I always say this that comes with pressure. You're a pro, and you got to be able to take the heat and get out of the kitchen. Much is given, much is required. Uh, No, uh, he can't just be a star. What they're paying him, he got to be a superstar. Uh, Mike, that just comes with the
2: territory. That's when I'll never forget. Uh, Jake DeLome told me this. Mikey said, when you make up your mind, you're going to be a quarterback and college football. Like you said, high school is one thing, but college are the pros. There are certain responsibilities you gotta understand you're gonna be lapped on. And sometimes it's not all your fault. Sometimes other guys make the mistakes, but you gotta take the, the blame for if it. If you're the head
3: coach of the quarterback, uh, and that with adult, the it comes
2: with the territory. And so it is what it is with Derek Carr at this stage. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seventy. And Mark Schlerf from Odyssey Insider and the Stinking Truth Podcast with us right after this break back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. and we're joined by Odyssey Sports NFL insider, Mark Slareth, host of the Odyssey original podcast, The Stinking Truth, covering the entire NFL. Mark, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, I guess you got to see it like we did uh, Sunday. Man, Atlanta, when they needed something, they went to the running game, and they buried the Saints uh, with their rushing attack. But the Saints get down in the red zone all those times. You come away. Way with five field goals. You ain't winning squatting this league doing that.
7: Yeah, I know. I'm 100 percent with you. You got to find out. that You got to find ways to to convert the red zone to you know to essentially. That's that's where you that's where you win it, right? You got to score points in the red zone and kick your field goals. What, what's the old saying? Is your every time you kick a field goal in the red zone, you're three points closer to losing. So <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, you, you know it's it's interesting. I mean, it's so funny. Just doing games every week and, and watching this league in general and watching how teams have basically, in, in in many, many ways, have really kind of, I don't want to say gotten away from the run game, but gotten away from the importance of the run game, gotten away from a lot of the things that that mean something. You know, um, gotten away from playing under center, gotten away from doing a lot of the, the dirty work stuff, the wearing teams out. And I, I tell you what, the, the cumulative effect of beating teams up physically, what that does for you as a football team, what that does to the defense, um, I, I can't tell you the importance of that. And, you know, I was, I was having this conversation today. We were just talking about, you know, back in Bobby and I's day and, and the importance and the value of the run game. And I always said we weren't a, a shot team. We were a conversion team. Meaning, I knew when it was second down and one, we weren't using that down as a throwaway down to see if we could get something deep. We were going to convert, and there was three plays we were essentially going to run. We were going to run 18-19 handoff, 14-15 handoff, or QB sneak, one of those three plays. And there was comfort knowing exactly what was going to come into the huddle, and that we just played this role of we're better than you, we know we are, and we're going to run it down your throat. And you know you make defenses defend that. You make them tackle. You get them on the ground. You, I mean, it's a mosh pit. They got to get up off the ground. All of a sudden, third down comes around. You know what they can't do? They can't rush the passer because they're not as you know they're they're tired. They're beat up. They're sore. <laughs> um, and and our league has just gotten away. They've gotten away from it because as I always say, you know, the passing game and developing a young quarterback is is Viagra to eighty year old owners, and they don't understand what really wins and it really, it, it really irritates me to watch how a lot of teams play uh, the offensive side of the football.
3: Now, uh, Stink, I'm looking at this, and you talk about old school. Uh, well, uh, you know, you consider a division opponent, and um, we're going to play them uh, in the new year, 2024, the last game of the season. I don't know. Um, uh, the, the the Saints and Falcons they have the weakest schedule in the NFL. I, I don't know what they could do now after the Lions mm-hmm. like you playing Carolina at home. Then you got the Giants at home. But uh, I, I told Coach Allen this: I guarantee you the last game, Atlanta. I know they're running the ball at least thirty times, if not forty. Let me tell you why. Okay, I look at Atlanta ran for two hundred twenty-eight yards against the Saints uh, uh, this past Sunday. Easily the most the Saints have given up this season. In fact, it was the most the Saints have given up since the last time they played. They gave up Mm. 231 in Week 15 of last year. And then you double down, Uh, the Saints have now allowed 200 yards rushing in their past three meetings with the Falcons. So what in the hell you think they're going to do the fourth game? You think all of a sudden they're going to have Desmond Ritter win the game for us? Yeah, we're going to throw it 40 uh, times. Yeah, or, or they're yeah. going to go with Bijan John Robinson or or, or or what's his name? Uh, Alec, um, Mike, uh, the running back. Alec, w- Algier. Algier.
2: Algier. Algier. Algier.
3: Algier. Just give him it, him the ball. When I saw that, I was like, well, well shoot, that's the game plan. If you don't stop the run, and that was one reason why – We let David Onyamata go to Atlanta, Shai Toto go to Carolina, and then all of a sudden, uh, we want to get better, uh, so we get Saunders, we get Shepard, but it's the same song and dance. And it's nothing more when you lose to your division rival like New Orleans and the Falcons and vice versa, and they run eight straight running plays and just run it right down your throat and you can't do nothing about it.
7: Yeah, it's the most demoralizing thing for a defense. And, I, you know, I played defense all through college. And, like, when when a team lines up and goes two yards, five yards, seven yards, four yards, three yards, seven yards, nine yards, 12 (laughs) yards, and scores, it's like guys are so... Like, I've been there on the offensive side. Guys are shouting at each other. They're screaming at each (laughs) other. It's one thing to give up a 70-yard bomb over the top and you go, hey, man, you know, we can't let that happen. Uh, I got beat, you know, or we had a busted coverage or whatever, right? But you don't get demoralized on that. It's like one of those things you go, hey, man, they got us on that one and we screwed up. When, When there's nothing you can do and they run it down your throat, that's demoralizing, and it's really interesting because Arthur Smith, and I've had several Atlanta games, and I've talked to Arthur Smith a bunch, and they really they really know how to run the ball. They've got fullbacks, and they've got tight ends, and they know how to run the football, and that's really what they're good at. They're not a good drop-back pass team, and it's interesting. They worked their asses off to develop that drop-back pass game, and it really didn't pay any dividends, and you could see Arthur Smith's kind of mind twirling like really okay let's get back to running it 55 to 60 (laughs) percent of the time let's just absolutely thunder punch people in the teeth and let and let our quarterback hit some easy play action stuff and um i'm i'm sorry it may be old school and it may not be as pretty as as some people like but that's what wins especially come december and january football now uh, a steak
3: i want uh, what you what do you think uh, uh like where they're at right now detroit lions I mean, all of a sudden, they got embarrassed about uh, uh-huh. a Packers uh, Thanksgiving morning. And and yeah, you, you don't see the Lions get whipped in their trenches, but the Packers took it to them. And then I think they were fortunate to win the uh, game before against the Bears. So uh, is it like almost, I wish the Lions would have won, but right now, they got to be ticked off uh, coming to New Orleans. And the Saints are very yeah. seldom an underdog in the Superdome, but they right now, it's about four and a half points uh, with the Lions. So... To me, that, that yeah. I'd be shocked if the Saints would have said the Lions.
2: Well,
7: I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I think the Lions are an incredibly talented football team. So I think that's you know they're they're very talented, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Almond uh, Ross, St. Brown, and both Montgomery and um, and Gibbs. And so they're exceptionally talented, um, and their old line really can beat people down. So that part is really good, but With that said, all those things, you know, all those things being equal, one thing about them is defensively, they're not really all that talented. Now, they play exceptionally hard. And when I was doing the Chicago-Detroit game, the first time I've ever heard anybody say this, it was uh, um, Justin Fields said, hey, man, I can tell the culture in that building is really good. Those guys play their asses off. And he's like, man, they play hard. They don't make a lot of mistakes. And they're always flying around. Get your backpack, They're always flying around to get, to, you know, get to the the ball carrier. And so, you know, I thought that was really telling of the way they play. But from a pure talent standpoint, they have one dude that can really rush the passer. And beyond that, that's kind of what they are. So they're not the most talented defense. They will play hard, but they're not the most talented group.
2: Mark, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I know you got another engagement, but we appreciate your time and always your insights. All right. Thanks,
7: take, take-, take
2: care. All righty, guys. Uh, that was Odyssey NFL insider Mark Schlerf, host of the Odyssey original podcast, The Stinkin' Truth, covering the entire NFL. Make sure to follow The Stinkin' Truth podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with more here on Sports Talk on the Big 870 right after this break.
1: Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
7: this is tony kornheiser show i'm tony we expected someone else
2: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We're going to go to our Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talking Text line. We're going to go to LA Cody. LA Cody, you're in the huddle with Bobby and Mike.
4: Hey, guys. Good to hear from y'all again. Um, I got a couple things I'd like to share um, and then I'd like to get y'all comments on. It. And then I got something personal I'd like to ask you, Bobby. Okay. Before um, I get off. First thing, boss. Um, can you explain on down and distance, like, say, second and eight, um, third and sixth, why is there no shorter, intermittent routes like flat, maybe curls, Amen. Comeback, dig, drag. Um, Second, um, why don't they do a, a couple more sweet plays with Alvin? Because it, it seems once he gets to an edge... Yeah, I
3: but it's hard to get really to edge NFL. Okay, go on, go on.
4: And then the last one is, Um, how much control does um, Carr have to change the play? And if he was on any of the top teams, do you think his um, record would be different?
3: Okay, that's a lot. Uh, Mike, help me out if I miss out on something. Okay, the one thing um, as far as down and distance, it's all about having sustained drives. That's what made Drew Brees so special. You know, people don't realize. Now, you got to be accurate with the football and you got to get yards after the catch. People think like it was 37, you got to throw it eight yards and nine yards. No, you don't. You got to look at leverage. You got to look at leverage, whether it's an option route, a swing route, or whatever, throwing away from a defender. And if you're accurate with the football and you're throwing it away from the defender, the, uh, the, the, the receiver could turn it up. And all of a sudden, you got that yak and you got a first down. And then you hear first down, Saints. So that's why a lot of times, look at it down at this. Why are we going for so many chunk plays? You can't get too greedy. There's a time and place to go, to for, get greedy. To go for splash and chunk plays. But a lot of times, how can you? That's what Drew Reese was so special about moving the chains, and you take that for granted. Now, I was so focused on that. Well, What was the other
2: question? The other thing is about how much authority does he have if a player is sent in and he needs to change it?
3: See, I, I don't know enough about that. I, I don't know. I'm not in their meeting rooms. I don't know. I, I know Drew Brees had all the authority. <laughs> yeah. now, I, now, Derek Carr just got here. I think they probably give him a lot of flexibility because he is a veteran as far as uh, changing the plays. I can tell you on the Carl Smith and Coach Mara, it uh, didn't matter how many years I played, I probably could change it maybe 20 25% of the time. Now, what we'd do more, we would do a check with me. And I would call two plays in the huddle, and based on what the defense was doing, I, I would go against their leverage. Now, it wasn't necessarily a run-pass. It was more a run-run and going away from the defensive strength. And it might have been a pass-pass and, again, uh, dealing with the coverage. But the only time I had, if it was, a uh, teams very seldom do this anymore, which is a cover zero out-and-out out blitz where you can't block everybody. And then if I saw that and I knew they were coming and they tipped their hat, uh, what they were going to do, uh, then I could change the play. But that was only 20%, 25%. What you had, and you had built in because it helps when you're on the road, is that you have, have to have built into the play that you could side adjust. No matter what the defense is doing. So let's say in theory, you have a 15-yard in route, and they bring in the house. Well, by the time the route develops, man, you're getting smacked in the mouth. So then you might have to run a quick slant, or you might be running like, uh, uh, depending on the leverage and the coverage, like a fade route, or you fake a fade, then you come hard inside in a slant. So it, it, it all depend, uh, depends. But I know... Drew Brees could uh, probably change 100%. Uh, Derek Carr, I don't know if okay. he could change any.
2: Bob, what was the other one? One of the things I remember, Zach Streif, when he would do the Monday nights with us, he was always like on Fridays, they would give Drew the gameplay, and he was like, yeah, I like this play. No, this one I don't like. This one I like. This one I don't no, like. No, no, no,
3: no. It, 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 and I did the same thing. Yeah. It'd be like, uh, But you know what it's mainly? Not so much in the open field. It would be more red zone, red play. zone plays. Now, now the red zone plays, because you can't just all can run any play. No, you got to limit. That what you really like against this particular team. And how you can execute? Because the field
2: is shortened. Yes, it's
3: like you're going against eleven and a half, if not twelve defenders, because they can squat. Yeah, they're not getting worried about beat over the top. So then you have to have leverage, and the main thing you got to be accurate with the football. The one thing on the interception, the pick six, uh, that that was like a rookie throwing that. Derek Carr from he the get-go. Him down. No, you cannot. And you got a, a safety like Bates. What he, what he needed to do, if his pre-snap read, he thought he was going to go there with the ball, all he needed to do was tilt his head left to make the safety Bates take one false step to the left because they go where your eyes are at, and then he comes back and throws that slant. But from the get-go, you can't throw the slant, he's going to break on the ball and the good safeties are going to take a chance. They might say, oh, I have uh, deep middle. It's not really deep middle, but i got to protect the middle of the field. But if you see the quarterback stand there and you got good instincts, no, you break on the ball and you have a pick six. That's thanks what so, happened.
2: Thanks so much for the call, Ellie. Cody. Uh, I
3: know he had another one, but I forgot Cody. I don't know. Charlie, you remember what he said? I don't we'll, it was like can, if, if
0: Derek Carr was on a different team. would A different he have, team like, a would he have a different
3: oh, – a different oh, 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 a, 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 a success? Um I think Derek Carr would be with Derek Carr, who
2: he is. He is who he uh, is. I, I,
3: no, I, I think no matter who he's playing with, I think Derek Carr, the 32 starting quarterbacks, I think when he's at his best, best he's probably number 12, uh, if not middle of the pack. I don't view him as top uh, 10. I view him. I don't view him in the bottom of the league. No, uh, he's put too many skins on the ball. But I think I'd say... Right now, he might be playing like he's in his, uh, the 20s, uh, yeah, quarterback. I would say today, uh, if you grading, but, he would be but, in the 20s. But I think he's more like uh, definitely, uh, you know, okay, if you break it down uh, 16,
2: I'd say somewhere around uh, 12 when he's clicking. Let's go back to the Oakwood Hard Hardjulis talking text line. David in Mandeville. David, you're in the huddle with Bobby and Mike. Hey, Bobby, Mike,
4: good evening. How y'all doing? All right, Dave. Listen, I know Dennis Allen is a good man because he goes to church over here where I live over here in Vanderville at uh, Mary Queen of Peace. I see him every now and then. Good family man. I understand. But is it like, has he lost the players or the players don't want to be around him? And what's going on with Miss Gale? Is, is she going to do anything about it? Is it time to, you know, move on from the Breeze era and the storm Payton era? And, you yeah. know, let, let's help him out. I mean, yeah. he knows what he's doing He's a
0: damn good coach. Um, Right, right.
3: But that doesn't mean he's a head coach.
2: That's a difference between being a coordinator and a good head coach. A big
3: difference. He's an NFL coach. He knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, Listen, uh, Wade Phillips is a damn good coach. Was he a head coach? No. Uh, Was Vic Fangio a head coach? No. Look, he's running the Dolphins defense. No, that doesn't mean No, you're an NFL coach, good coach, 20, 30 years. That doesn't mean you're a head coach. Do you ever envision Dennis Allen – Leading their troops. I just watched uh, the movie Napoleon. Now, yeah, you, you might say, well, he had his Waterloo, and then look what the hell happened. But I'll talk about an alpha dog. It, it, it's just a gift. Like, Sean Payton is an alpha dog. You got to be a narcissist. I'm talking about the women hate this. Wives hate this. Uh, you know, how about Nick Saban? You don't think his wife learned to get along with how he is? You don't think Nick is a narcissist? No,
2: she had to adjust, not him.
3: Yes, I'm telling you, the, uh, Bill Parcells, all and Bill Belichick. i am tell you, uh, the worst narcissists in the world are the most successful head coaches in football. Isn't Donald Trump a narcissist? Come on, I can go on and on and describe a number of individuals. Now, whether you have success or not, no, Dennis Allen knows what he's doing defensively, but that means mean he's an alpha dog to be a head coach.
2: We'll be back with more
5: sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why?